Hello, this is Everwonder from the California Science Center. I am Perry Roth Johnson. Just a quick programming note. For the past few episodes, we've been digging into our archive of unaired clips, but I want you to know that we're still hard at work on new episodes, so stay tuned for brand new episodes soon. All right, so today we're bringing you an unaired clip from our past interview with Kirsten Peterson, a roboticist and professor of electrical and computer engineering at Cornell University. In her lab, she builds cooperative teams of robots, called robot swarms, that are inspired by insects like ants, termites, and bees. Now, when you think of a robot, what do you usually picture in your mind? Probably something with a rigid metal body or arm, right? Or maybe it has some wheels or legs to move around. Do you ever wonder if robots can be squishy? In addition to robot swarms, Kirsten works on soft robots. She told us all about why you might want to use a soft robot instead of a traditional rigid one, as well as some of her biological inspiration for building these kinds of robots. We even talked about a popcorn-inspired robot that could have future uses in construction. Pretty wild stuff. All right, let's get into it. I'm glad you brought up the slime mold because because when I was looking online, I saw you collaborate with an artist uh, at a museum uh, in New York, right? Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about that project. Why why is slime mold so interesting, and why are artists <laughs> interested in working on it with you? <laughs> uh, that was a that was a super fun uh, uh, adventure, I will say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we did a the seven by seven was a rhizome exhibit that happens every year, where they invite one artist and one roboticist to come together uh, to try to um, develop something uh, that brings benefit to both worlds. Um, mm-hmm. But but it was a fantastic experience. Um, I love the slime mold. So I love the slime mold because um, they are about as simple as it gets, right? So a single amoeba, they're literally little uh, single-celled amoeba that on their own can like move just a little bit. They can kind of sense a little bit and they'll eat, right? That's kind of mm-hmm. what they do to survive. But when you put many of them together, when they start to starve, they'll actually aggregate and they'll form this little slug. So uh, Bonner out of Princeton was uh, one of the early studies uh, or the early researchers of these uh, systems. Mm-hmm. They'll form a slug that can travel much faster than any individual amoeba can. Um, and then eventually they'll form this little fruiting body with a stalk made of dead cells and spores in the top that then fly off and repopulate new areas. So really? you, you have these single-celled amoeba, right, that can do this amazing collective behavior. Then they can mm-hmm. completely change uh, into this fruiting body, right, where some die, some become rigid stalk cells, and some stay soft and alive and spread out. Um, you know, it's sort of the, the ultimate form of, of altruism, right? Where some just give up so that others can survive, so that everyone can continue. And, and I, right. I love the example because it's, you know, if I can make a robot that simple, right? That's the kind of robot I can make super reliable. <laughs> mm. uh, but I can make 10,000 of them because supposedly that would be super cheap. Um, you know, and they can still be that adaptive and that extreme adaptability, extreme robustness. Um, that, that would be amazing. Are, are there robots that, that you've worked on that are that are modeled after slime mold, like specifically, or, or are you just taking inspiration from that behavior and, and applying it to, uh, to a different kind of structure? Yeah, I mean, we don't try to mimic slime mold. We're not exactly trying to do what they're trying to do, but we are actually quite inspired by them. So we have many, many uh, what we call soft robots in our lab now uh, hmm. that can collaborate to achieve more things. So by soft, I mean, instead of rigid links that are composed of wheels and bodies and chassis, um, 
These are robots that are formed either by flexible circuit boards that can actually um, be moved, or they're formed by stretchable polymers. So imagine little expandable balloons that will actually work together to, um, for example, move further than a single robot could. What are some other advantages of having a soft structure instead of a hard structure? Is it more easy to collaborate with humans? Uh, like, what was what's the rationale behind yeah, having a soft structure? Um, so soft robots, this is... Uh, quite new emergent field that's very exciting, actually. Um, if you have a soft material and you don't actuate it with too high a force, so um, imagine a balloon, right? Mm -hmm. Then you suddenly have something that can safely interact with people, if that's what you want to do. But they can also safely interact with other robots, right? You don't really have to mm -hmm. worry too much. If it's a manipulator, like a hand or a gripper, um, it's not super precise. It's really hard to control the motions precisely, but it is super adaptable, right? So it'll automatically deform to whatever object um, it tries to grip, mm -hmm. just like a balloon would. So it's very helpful in that manner. And on top of it, you now have a robot where the body is the actuator, is the sensor. Typically, you even ingrain sensors into this polymer. And so you have an incredibly cheap robot where everything is morphed into one, sort of similar to the slime mold uh, single-celled amoeba, right? Like everything mm -hmm. is just sort of in there. It's sort of organic uh, feeling. Um, and it makes control... Much harder in some ways and much easier in some ways, right? You kind of you, you have to let go of some <laughs> things because you can't really control it uh, accurately, um, but you also don't have to. So, so how how is it easier to control a soft robot? Well, because you know, if I am trying to grasp something, I don't have to do like a perfect grasp like I would with a rigid manipulator um, to avoid breaking whatever I'm trying to pick up. I just literally inflate it, right, and it'll it, it'll sort of encompass whatever it's trying to to pick up. So in oh, that sense, if I'm okay with just, you know, picking up, but not exactly how I pick it up, it's very easy to control. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, so, I got it. It might not be, you know, held up in the right orientation or something, but exactly. I got it. It's not going to fall. Here it is. <laughs> um, and, you know, and the, similarly, if, if I have a large swarm of robots, right, and I don't really care exactly how they interact with each other, I just care that sort of on a statistical level, more or less, they do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Soft robots might be the key. Another project of yours, I think I, I saw it show up on Hackaday, was a, a popcorn-inspired robot. Is that also an example of soft robotics? It is, actually. Uh, that was a fun one. So with soft robots, um, the typical form of actuation is pneumatics, right? So you insert some kind of fluid, um, mm -hmm. could be hydraulic, could be pneumatic. And, uh, you know, if you pressurize it like a balloon, it expands. And because you mm -hmm. pre-program that balloon to expand in certain ways, you get certain kinds of motion. Uh, and so we were kind of curious whether you could replace the fluid with a granular fluid, um, namely popcorn kernels. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out you absolutely can, right? And the neat thing about popcorn kernels is that once they've done their function, uh, it could be you know a robot maneuvering some kind of complex environment and then stuffing itself into a little crack, then you can pop the popcorn, right? And so mm. what you get from popping popcorn is uh, extreme expansion, so they all jam together and actually become quite rigid. Um, mm -hmm. you get a surprising, I mean, obviously they become much more compressible than if they're just a hard kernel, but they're still kind sure. of on the, the strength scale of uh, normal construction foam. Um, and you have mm -hmm. a biodegradable material, right? So now we're sort of starting to look at robots that might, you know, just sort of go somewhere and then decide to become part of a structure. And then they just sit mm -hmm. there and become that. Um, so it's unconventional, but uh, it's sort of thinking in new ways about these robots that are expendable because it's really not about the robot, it's about this one. That's our show, and thanks for listening. Until next time, keep wondering. 
Ever Wonder from the California Science Center is produced by me, Perry Roth Johnson, along with Devin Waller and Jennifer Aguirre. Liz Roth Johnson is our editor. Theme music provided by Michael Nicholas and Pond5. We'll drop new episodes every other Wednesday. If you're a fan of the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people discover our show. Have a question you've been wondering about? Send an email or voice recording to everwonder at californiasciencecenter.org to tell us what you'd like to hear in future episodes.